Welcome to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. I'm Adam Healy, staff writer for McKnight's Home Care. I spoke with Carl Bossing, the co-founder and CEO of Senior One Care. They're a small but mighty provider based in Indiana that uses innovative and effective tools to create a well-trained and committed workforce. Welcome to the podcast, Carl. Well, thank you, Adam. Glad to be here. Glad you're here, too, and glad to meet you. You were recently given the Lifetime Achievement Award from Indiana University School of Business, and I first wanted to say congratulations and ask, what does this award mean to you, and what has gotten you to this point? Well, thank you for the compliment. I'm humbled and honored to receive the award because there's thousands of accounting grads from IU School of Business, and I'm very humbled to receive it, knowing many of them have very successful careers. The award basically was for accounting grads who have had at least experiences in business of over 30 years. So that tells you how old I am. <laughs> I've been out of there more than 50 years. But basically, it's just achievements of somebody over that period of time, 30 years or more. And I had a 40-year career as a partner with CPA firm Crow, which was a fabulous career. Started with that company when they had about 20 people, and I think they got six, 7,000 today. So I saw all that growth. And frankly, what I've done in the home care business is try to replicate that to teach my kids. All my kids are in the business and teach my kids what I learned to run a business with honesty and integrity and try to be better than anybody else. Right. And clearly you found success doing that. You've also been awarded by Inc. Magazine as one of the country's fastest growing companies for seven consecutive years. Wow. Could you please share with us a little bit about your company? What's the size, the number of employees, the various people you serve and that sort of thing? Okay. Well, basically the background of it was that I had to retire from the CPA firm at 65. And so I was 61 and I started thinking, well, what am I going to do? because I got too much energy. I still have a lot of energy today. That was 18 years ago. I'll be 80 in February, and I still got a lot of energy. So I thought if I could do something that would keep me busy and give back to the communities that we serve, this community has been great to me, and also teach my kids how to run a business the right way, that would be neat. So we started on our kitchen table in 2006, and we hired a couple of caregivers, and we were in business. And It's grown now. We have five offices, basically, in Indiana Central and Northeastern Indiana. And that's Mishawaka, South Bend area, Elkhart, Carmel down near Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, and a new office just being developed up in Angola, Indiana. We have about 500 caregivers now in all those locations. And up until a couple of years ago, it's all been private pay. We purchased a small company in Fort Wayne. And they were doing Medicaid waiver programs. So we're now doing that in all of our offices. But it's primarily a private pay. It has been a private pay business. And a lot of providers often talk about the challenge of scaling private pay. But at the same time, study after study brings up immense sums of unpaid care that family caregivers provide to loved ones each year. So I was wondering, do these two problems present a mutual solution? And how has Senior One Care been successful using private payers? Well, with private pay, we've tried to really focus on that market and how do you get to those kinds of clients? And for the most part, I think 
we have to have good referral sources that are there at the time that a client needs the care so they could recommend us. But on the other hand, we've tried to build a reputation of having a really high quality company that is serving that market. So I'm out and about and our people in all our offices are out at lots of gatherings and events on a weekly basis where those kinds of people, people who can afford private pay normally would be associated with those kinds of activities. So we're really trying to narrow in. We're not for everybody. Up until we started taking the Medicaid waivers, we were all private pay. So it was very focused in terms of our marketing and our outreach to those kinds of clientele would be. But on a long-term basis, we've developed a, I think, a good reputation in the market. So an awful lot of our work today comes from past clients, satisfied clients that people will say, who'd you use for your mother and now 16 year one care? And so that has really helped us in terms of having quality care that clients appreciate and then they recommend us to other people. Right. And you mentioned Medicaid. So let's talk regulation just a little bit. Are you like other providers concerned by the prospect of the so-called 80-20 rule, which would require that 80% of Medicaid payments be spent on home care service compensation? Well, yes. <laughs> Everybody's concerned about that, and that would be catastrophic. To me, it makes no sense because you've got various states that have different reimbursement rates and they can't pay what another state could pay. And it's not very practical to have such a regulation. Hopefully, it doesn't get approved and you'll never see the light of day, but that would have a dramatic effect on any home care company. And I think basically what it's going to do is reduce the number of qualified agencies that are out there to provide that care. It just does the opposite, I think, what they'd like to do. Right. So the intended purpose is obviously a workforce solution. And workforce has been a persistent problem in the industry. And I was wondering, how has Senior One Care addressed those challenges? What does your recruitment and retention look like? And could you tell me about any specialized tools that you use to keep your workforce strong? That's a good question. Basically, when we started, and again, talking to my kids and trying to teach them what I learned, I said in a professional service business or any service business, it doesn't have to be a professional service business, but it could be any service business, you really can't separate the person from the service itself. So, you know, I could have done your tax return when I was a CPA and had done a great job and kept the IRS off your back. But if I didn't treat you right, you're not going to like that service. So the same thing is true with senior one care. So what happened was immediately upon forming a company, I told my kids, we're going to hire better people. So we reached out to try to find a CNA school to hire CNAs, although we're not required in Indiana to have that caliber person. We could hire anybody. So we basically started hiring CNAs from day one. We found a small school. To make a long story short, we hired about 75 people from that school from 2006 until 2014. And in 2014, the people who were running it stated had changed the requirements. And these people said, we're not changing. They were older. And it was going to be increase in amount of training that was going to be needed. So we took over the school. So we have our own CNA school. And we've trained since 2014, probably about 3,000 CNAs. So that is a major source of recruitment 
for us, and we're trying to cherry pick the best. We don't hire all that many, probably 10, 15% of those people have come on board with us, but we're hiring very, very good people as a result. The other thing we've done is we've instituted a multi-level marketing program that we pay caregivers who recommend their friends, family, and associates. And that's been in effect for a couple of years and it's been very, very successful. We've probably hired about 300 people from that program alone. And so I'd say those two, the CNA school and our multi-level marketing program for caregivers, probably the two major sources of recruitment. And as a result of that, you're going to get better people and also it will reduce your turnover on those, those people because we know them. We get to see them in action or they're recommended by a caregiver. So programs like that demand a lot of resources, but that might not be something that every provider can manage. And I was wondering, what are the most important aspects of your business that you need to focus on to ensure ongoing quality and financial success? Well, it starts again with the people internally that we have from an administrative standpoint. We have some really, really top-notch people. In fact, in the acquisition we had in Fort Wayne a couple of years ago, what came with that was a CPA. So he's been very instrumental in helping us with some of that. But we've hired some really top-notch people to follow up on making certain that these programs get in place. The multi-level marketing program that I mentioned earlier, I've mentioned that to a lot of different home care companies. And they said, I don't know how you keep track of it. How would you ever pay in a program like that? And I don't think we could do it. Well, our CPA says it's not that big of a problem. And he, he handles all that. And basically the way it works, if I were to hire you, the caregiver gets $500 if you stay for 90 days. They get another $500 if you stay another 90 days. But after 90 days, I would get 20 cents an hour for every hour you work forever. So it's a real incentive. Now, if you go out and hire your friend, you get the same deal, $1,000 plus 20 cents an hour. But I get five cents an hour for every hour they work. It's a retention tool as well as an acquisition of caregivers because I have an interest in making certain you stay. I have to stay in order to get the money, but I want you to stay. And I want you to go out and recruit your friends. So it's a retention as well as a hiring. It's, it's worked very well. Programs like that are incredibly innovative, and you really don't hear about ideas like that until they come around. And I was wondering how long did it take for you to see returns on that multi-level marketing plan? Was it instantaneous, or did it take a couple of years of maybe trial and error, or maybe just continued labor and effort to get the returns in your recruitment and retention that you're seeing today? It was instantaneous. As soon as we announced it, we brought in the caregivers and announced the program, and it was instantaneous. Now, we'll say that I think some of our offices have been a lot more successful than others because they're really marketing it internally more than others, but it's continuing. It's As we speak, it continues today. So it happened right away. We didn't have to wait to bring in some good talent. So tell me a little bit about your advocacy strategy and the ways you market your business. I know you mentioned that a lot goes into finding the right referral sources, the right payers, to ensure that you have the, the mix of clients and caregivers that you need to find success. So what sort of innovative strategies do you use to get Senior One Care out there and to inform clients, caregivers about the good work that you do? Well, 
probably a variety of things. I think maybe one of the most important ones would be the relationships that we've tried. It's all relationship built. So the relationships we try to build and build strong relationships with referral sources as well as the community at large. I think as an example, I've given a lot of presentations. I'm going to give one next week again to groups that want to listen to me about what I learned in 17 years in this business to help families and help seniors navigate the complexity of home care. I've learned a tremendous amount. And basically what I found is no one plans. The seniors, they never think they need the care. It's their children normally that recognize that, hey, mom or dad needs care. If you take all these baby boomers that turn 65, 10,000 a day, started in 2011, it's going to go to 2029. It's about 75 million people. The oldest of that group is only 77 this year. So we haven't even started taking care of those people for the most part. I mean, we're taking care of 80, 90s, and we just had one pass away this year at 107. So you've got about a whole group that hasn't even been taken care of. And for the most part, none of them think they're going to need care. The stats, though, say that 70% of them will need either a nursing home care or our kind of care. And 20% of those will need it for five years or more. So I try to go out and make presentations to groups. And as I said, I'm giving one next week to say, hey, you know, you ought to start planning. This is going to happen. It hasn't happened yet to most of them. So getting their families as well as the seniors acclimated to understand that it's a crisis and we're not going to have enough caregivers to take care of all these people. So try to give that message out, as I said earlier, trying to be involved in different groups and events that take place where those kinds of seniors would normally gather. I think that's really important to do. And I think working with those referral sources to not just, I'd like to have a referral, but what we try to do is bring some value to them. What are their problems? What are their issues? And what can we do to help solve the problems that they face. And I think by doing that, you strengthen a relationship. And as I said, it's all about relationships. The stronger relationships you have, the more referrals, more business you're going to get. How right you are. So I would love if you could offer some closing thoughts, if you will. What does it take to survive all of these challenges with regards to workforce and reimbursement and regulatory issues in the industry? And what can others take with them to grow and enhance their own home care business? Well, I think it starts with people. You have to hire the best people in all aspects of the business. Because as I said earlier, whoever hires the best people is going to win the game long term. And that would be my first suggestion. Make certain you're hiring the best people. And our philosophy is if we're talking to somebody about a prospective hire, whether it be a caregiver or administrative type person, if there's any doubt in your mind, any question, we don't hire them. I really think you're going to find that they're going to be more of a problem than than the solution. So I think it starts with hiring the right people. I think uh, secondly, being innovative and strategic, thinking about the future. Where do you see it going? Setting stretch goals is another thing we do. We don't set a budget or a goal that we think it's a slam dunk and we can make it. We want to stretch it so that we're really focusing on achieving something that maybe we didn't even think we could achieve. And that's proven to be really successful. And I think also taking risk, be willing to take some risk. Not everything we do works, but we're always thinking about what could we do differently? How could we improve the efficiency of the operation? How can we get better people? 
always looking at different programs. So I think being innovative and creative and taking those risks is going to be important in the future. And I like maybe lastly, the use of technology. Agencies are really going to have to embrace the new technologies that are coming up. How is your agency going to be impacted by AI? And what kind of investment do I need to make in those kinds of technologies? Because when we started our business, the iPhone wasn't even developed. It didn't come out until 2007, a year after we started the business. We were paper and pencil. Today, I mean, it's all iPhone. Everything is done on that iPhone. So project that out another 17 years and what's it going to be like? We better get ready because it's going to happen a lot faster. Those changes are going to happen a lot faster than they did in the last 17 years. So it's exciting, exciting time. And I'm just hoping that I can work long enough to get one of my kids trained to take care of me. They're not quite there yet, but I think uh, a little more guidance. I'm going to be in pretty good shape. Well, I am so glad we talked, Carl, and I hope we can chat again soon. That was Carl Bossing, CEO and co-founder of Senior One Care. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in home care news, visit McKnight'sHomeCare.com.